woman in a town called Shunan. They made a home for Elisha and found favor in his eyes. So God sent them a miracle. The only thing they longed for within the air they would hold a son as Elisha prophesied. One day they ran from the field, brought the child to his mother. She held his head there on her knee until he died at noon that day. She didn't tell anyone. She ran straight to the man of God. And if anybody asked her, she replied while on her way, it is well. It is well. There is peace in my despair, knowing God will hear my prayer and I will cling to the promise that he brings. Even death can have no sting, no power in hell. In his presence I will dwell where it is well. Elisha stood the bedside where she lay the boy when he died he prayed a prayer upon him and he breathed new life again friend God doesn't never change if you'll have that woman's faith he'll send you a miracle and until then you can say it is sting, no power in hell. In his presence I will dwell where it is well. It is well. There is peace in my despair, knowing God has heard my prayer and I will cling to that he brings even death will have no sting no power in hell in his presence i will dwell in his presence i will dwell where it is well
We're going to have a scripture reading for Adel in Genesis chapter 28, beginning at verse 10. Genesis chapter 28, beginning at verse 10, and we'll read to the end of the chapter. First book in the Bible, Genesis chapter 28, beginning at the 10th verse. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you, you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob, Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up as a pillar, shall be as God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. May God bless the reading of his word. Thank you, Dean. Good morning again. It's good to see you and good to be together. Uh, let's pray for those who are sick today. Uh, we have so many people out of town. Let's pray for them also. So uh, they're vacationing. Vacation started, though the weather does not, uh, is not cooperating. But uh, we thank God for everything that he gives us. We, uh, if you followed... Uh, the reading this morning, it's uh, Jacob. So many times we heard about Jacob and how he is, and he is a schemer, and uh, he is a planner, he is a supplanter, etc. And uh, uh, I sometimes, when I talk to people, they tell me, I have, I have a, a streak of Jacob in me. 
Don't we all do? <laughs> Don't we all do? But all through his life, all through Jacob's life, God never left him. He's never forsaken him. And what this message today, I want to encourage you, if you notice sometimes going the way of Jacob, and we do sometimes, after almost 30 years, what we read here, he was leaving his house. He didn't know much about God. He didn't have any encounter with God before. And he was going because his mom told him, run away from your brother, he's going to kill you. You stole his birthright. And go and live with your uncle. And we'll hide you there for a few years, and then you come back and live a normal life. The few years he thought were a few years he spent about 20 years there with his uncle. On his way up in Bethel, the city of Ammon's laws. This, he had a dream, and we read about it. And there he had his first encounter with God, who changed his life completely. There were some vows there that we are going to go through today. From God there was a promise, and from Jacob, for the first time, there were vows that he's never thought that he'd do in his life. And if you, in our day, uh, uh, present day terminology, probably there he had a change of heart. <laughs> a change of heart. God changed him. And then after spending 20 years with his uncle, and then more than five to ten years traveling until he ended up in Shechem and lived in Shechem, the Lord appeared to him. And the Lord spoke to him there. And what was the call in, ver in chapter 35? I'll read you the verse, one verse, that God appeared to him again. He said, God said to Jacob, after almost 30 years, arise, go up to Bethel, and live there. When God sought to appear to Jacob, he was in a very bad situation. At the most critical time of his life, Recently, what happened, where he was living in Shechem, his daughter was raped by Hamer, Shechem's son. His two sons, Simon and Levi, tricked the men of Shechem and pretending their willingness to live peacefully with them, they went there and uh, killed every male, every son, looted their wealth, all their little ones, their wives, and 
all their households. What a miserable situation Jacob found himself in. And what a scene of hatred, revenge, and death he experienced. If you ask Jacob, does it get any worse? He would tell you, no. If you look with me at chapter 34, and chapter 34, and verse 30, I'll give you a, a picture of what happened. 34 and verse 30. Then Jacob said to Simon, to Simeon and Levi, his two sons, you have brought trouble on me by making me odious among the inhabitants of the land, among the Canaanites, the Perizzites, and my men being few in number, they will gather together against me and attack me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my household. What a miserable situation. He started there in Bethel. Good. We had hopes for you, Jacob. And the Lord made a promise for him there. And, but it seems that somewhere along within those limits of 30 years, Jacob forgot about God. My message today, the grace of God in Jacob's restoration. The hope that we should have if we are children of God, regardless. God in his eternal wisdom and mercy, when he wants to rescue, and he did want to rescue Jacob and rescued him, when he wants to rescue us from our own mistakes and condition, and I want to say something here between parentheses. Whatever happens to us, let's not look at God says, why did you do this to me? God never inflicts us with anything bad. We bring bad on ourselves. We bring calamity to ourselves and never blame God for that. He speaks to us and he brings us to the first things to remember. When God started dealing with Jacob, he started reminding him what he's done 30 years ago. And many times, many times we forget how and why God deals with us in such a way. Gracefully, he wanted to show him what a great God he was with him. What a faithful God. And if there were any problems, it's on one part and the part of Jacob. If you agree with me, we can go further. Arise and go to Bethel. Where are you, Jacob? After those years that you spent with your uncle and few years that you're living outside my will, years of trial and exercise, during which you experienced 
many ups and downs, changes, and a variety of trials. But the God of Bethel, Jacob, has watched over you. The God of Jacob never left his poor servant one minute of the day. I let you do your thing. I let you roam around. I let you scheme. But I never, never closed my eyes to be upon you. And he appeared to him in, in spite of his life and his personal condition. He appeared to him in the midst of his pressure and said to him, Jacob, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar, where you made a vow. Arise, leave this land, return to the land of your birth. What a graceful God we have. If you find yourself in a condition away from God, and let's be honest with ourselves. Let us be honest in ourselves. And I think I have the privilege to talk to you as much as I want to talk to myself, that we sometimes go away from God and run our own course, don't we? Don't we follow our own wisdom and leave the wisdom of God? Don't we take the reins and say, let me drive. You don't know. This way, I know it well. You haven't been to California. They forgot that he created California. That's the problem with us. Let me, I know the way here more than you know. Forgetting the all-knowing God who created us, who knows every little thing about you and me and about the whole universe. Kept his eye upon you and he knows better than we know. Get up and you are in a bad place. Get up, you've left. You've left the course I charted for you. We made a deal, I'm going to go back to the deal. We made a deal and let me see you get up, Jacob. Isn't that the grace of God, that God, after 30 years, still talking to Jacob? He left him. He did it his way. He lived his own life. And you know, through all this, God kept his eye and blessed him. And blessed him. Because God knew the end, not only the beginning. He said, one day, one day I will show him how much I blessed him, and one day he's going to be a blessing to the whole world. God knows your life and mine. And if you have reached a point in your life, it says, it's not going to work. And because of your ways, and you gave in to your failures, if you gave in to your mistakes, if you said, well, I am stagnant, I'm in this situation, I want to tell you something, the Lord knows the ending and the beginnings and and in between. And he will bring you back to great fellowship with him. God, as I said before, never created you to send you to hell. 
God created you to send you to heaven. To created you to be his child. And if you one day in your life has you have accepted him as savior, I have good news for you. He will be your savior forever. Amen. So, my friend Jacob's you and I are there. We have Jacob's in us, right? So let's go into the, to his life this morning, now this afternoon. Let's go in and see what happened with the encounter with God. There was in uh, chapter 28 that read, Dean read, God is bringing our life to remembrance as well as Jacob's. You know, before we start, uh, I read something like Macintosh wrote about that. He said, in order for God to restore Jacob, he had to remind him of his beginnings. Are you with me? He had to remind him of his beginnings. And also, he had to remind him where he fell. And Macintosh writes something about this. It's so beautiful. I read it and I will quote it for you. This is the divine principle of restoration. This is the, these are the terms that I will deal with you. And I want to bring you back. These are from me. Bring you back, Jacob, to the original terms that we made together 30 years ago. This is a divine principle. The soul must be recalled to the very highest point. It must be brought back to the divine standard. What was the divine standard? We'll go back to it. The terms of God never change. And what were the terms? Let's see, what were the terms with Jacob? 28, chapter 15. 28, chapter 15. These are my terms, Jacob. I'm going to put terms. This is the term. These were the terms when you and I started. Take them. Put a mark there. If you have a highlighter, highlight them. And put your name there. And behold... We heard about behold, Jim spoke about that today. And behold, I am with you. Before we go any further, when God says I am with you, does he change? He will never change. Heaven and earth may change, but any word that God utters never changes. I am with you. And will keep you wherever you go. He didn't know what's going to happen. We'll keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. How about that? Is there, is there a stronger promise for Jacob? And put your name there. Is there a stronger promise for you? Wherever you go. Wherever you travel, wherever you work, whatever happens to your life, wherever you go, 
Once you are saved, I am going to keep my eye on you. You might not work, walk properly. You might not. But I have my ways to bring you back. I have my ways to bring you back. Then Jacob walked up and said, Oh, oh, what a life. Oh, this is something new. Oh, this dream that I had dreamt is fantastic. I want to see what it is. I want to, I want to, uh, uh, I, I want to live this dream. Isn't, that, isn't it wonderful that God was later on reminding him, I am the God of Bethel. Do you remember, Jacob? Do you remember what happened there? Now Jacob is living in Shechem after 30 years. He has problems with his daughter. He has problems with his sons. He has problems with the neighbors. He has problems with the tribes around him. He has problems living there. He, he, he built an altar and never called him an altar for God. He just was living a, a life, just, just acting. He was a, a living religion. He was calling his name uh, godly, but he was never there. Remember, Jacob? Do you remember the significance of the name of the place? And do you remember that you called it, it is the house of God? What are you doing there? What are you doing in Shechem? Didn't I tell you that you should be back there? You go back there and let you leave your uncle with all kinds of things with you? Isn't that Bethel the presence of God? And you said it, it's the presence of God. Isn't it wonderful to have fellowship all your life? And isn't it the case when you live close to God, you feel that the place is, you are standing on holy ground? Where are you now? Did you feel it was heaven? Yeah, I said it is heaven. And look what he says in verse 17. Surely, 28, 17, the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And further he says, this is the gate of heaven. How many times? This is heaven. We go to a nice and beautiful place. If you go to the Caribbean and you see the beautiful water, say, oh God, this is heaven. This is nothing compared to heaven. And he, he, he had a dream and watched maybe a glimpse. He says, this is heaven. This is heaven. Church, when the soul is close to God, this is heaven. Strength and courage and strong witnessing become the trademark of every believer. When we are close to God, The hearts that are hardened will melt at the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we are close to God, Christ himself humbles human souls and pierces them in their heart, crying like Peter when he gave his first message 
Oh, what shall we do to be saved? When we walk close to God, people say, let's go to church. Instead of going to the game. Instead of dilly-dallying here and there. And finding excuses not to come to church. When we are close to God, people would say, I want what they have. I want their life. I want to live the way they are living. And then they will say, let's go back to the house of God. Surely it is the house of God. And then that is heaven. And people will come to God and will really taste a taste of heaven. This is my call. If we have, if we have really missed, missed the call of God in our lives and how he wanted us to live and the, and the promise at the very beginning, the promise is at the very, very first time he said, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I will live for you. I will serve you. And the joy came into your life. And the joy of salvation. And you were not walking. You were jumping around. You were dancing around. And the Lord blessed you in your life. And slowly, slowly, that fervency and that joy started coming down lower and lower and lower. Oh, if you are experience that, if you're experiencing that, God in his graceful love and kindness and mercy is calling you, get up. And let's go back to Bethel. That's my message to you today. He brought all this to Jacob's. And he said, Jacob, I want, to, to, I want you to remember something else. Do you remember the altar at Bethel? Do you remember the altar? That altar you, reminds you of worship. Who are you worshiping now? Jacob. Jacob, yes, you built an altar in Shechem, and you called it altar to Israel. You never called it an altar to God. And you never worshipped on it. It was just, we're Christians. Oh, yeah, we have Bibles in our, in our home. Do you read it? Oh, we, are, we belong to a church, but we go, you know, we go every Easter and every Christmas, and we go every Sunday. Do you attend Bible study? Jacob, did you put your people and talk, talk to them about God day and night? From the way they acted and from the way Dinah lived, I don't think so. You mingled with the people down there and Dinah wanted to live the life of, the, of the, theirs. She was a teenager, beautiful. I want to see what the world is offering. And the world offers a lot, a lot. And what happened to Dinah when she went to the world? She was raped and she lost her dignity and her life and caused her two brothers to commit murder. This is the household of Jacob. But in all this, God still loved Jacob. Still loved him. He was a child. And God forbid that you experience that experience. But we go back sometimes in our hearts to the world. We go back in our hearts to the world and we forget the altar. We forget church. 
We forget Bible study. We forget prayer meetings. We forget everything. And we say we go every Sunday. We attend Mass. This is not Mass. We come and worship the Lord Jesus Christ. How did we backslid a little bit? Are we growing lukewarm? God doesn't like lukewarmness. Do you remember when you were in my presence, bent the altar, and you made a commitment? Lord, I give you my life. Did we do that once? God brings us to our beginnings. He wants to bring us to the original terms. I gave you my terms, Jacob. Now what were your terms? If by any chance, church, if by any chance, I say it with the spirit of love and I speak to you and myself, we become conscious of anything like this that happened in the life of Jacob. It is only the love of God, his mercy, and abundant grace that we are called back to the standard we fell from. Oh, I remember when I can't wait to go to Bible study. But now... Uh, hmm. There are children, it's different. My job, my responsibilities, I'll go Sunday. Maybe you won't see Sunday. Go back to the original terms. So sad, Jacob, that you are in this situation that I have to remind you. Let's remember our beginnings, our commitment, our first love, and let's go back to the house of God. Let's go back. The heart of Jesus is waiting and ready. And that's the beauty. That's the encouraging thing. He's not standing and says, whenever you, or you if you set foot back here, I am going to hit you on the head. No, 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 Adam, he's not. He's not. On the shores of Gennesaret, the lake, when Jesus first met Peter, he said, Peter, follow me. How many words follow me? You've gone, you've gone to college, too, right? <clears throat> follow me. He recruited Peter and followed him. And if I may use a term that Jim used in his last message, what then? What then, Lord? Years rolled on. Peter stumbled. He denied his Lord. He went back to his boats and his nets, right? And then, what then? 
after the Lord's resurrection, as Peter restored and sought, stood by the side of his loving Lord by the Sea of Tiberias. It's the Lake of Tiberias. He was called to listen to one brief pointed utterance. All of us. In one word, Peter was brought back to the original terms at the very beginning of his life. He was brought back to full fellowship. And above all, he was brought back to learn that the heart of Jesus never changes and his love is eternal. When I was studying this, it affected me. Where am I in my life? I made a vow. Am I following this vow? You know, so many times we, we don't, we avoid breaking vows with our spouses, with our life, with our children especially. I made a commitment, you say. I made a commitment. But how about a vow with God? How about a commitment with God? How about that? He said, remember the original terms, Jacob. And I, re I read to you what he said. And Jacob said, I will. And another thing he says, do you remember the divine assurance I gave you? In verse 15, he said, I will be with you. And I will not leave you until everything is done. I am God, and I have promised. My last point of his, he said, do you remember the vows you have made? In our original Bibles, in verses 20 and 21, if you would like to follow with me, it's a very nice point if, uh, if you take it. Jacob made a vow, and he says, if God will be. Uh, listen, this is an old translation. You uh, don't put conditions on God. If you do this, I will do that. It should be since. It should be since. Put the word since there. I wrote it in my Bible, and it is there. And Jacob said, since God will be with me and will keep me on this journey, that I take, and I will, and will give me food to eat and garments to wear, to wear. You see, so many times, Lord, if you're with me, keep my job, help me out. Okay, this is my commitment to you. And I return to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. Then you will be my God. And listen to what he says. And this stone, which I have set, that day I got saved. This stone that I said, I, it will be a pillar. You will be my God. It will be my God's house. I will be there. I want to spend time. I want to come back to God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give you a tenth. I don't talk about money in this church and we don't 
try to say, dig deeper and give to your church. But there is a principle in the church of God. We should give him the least, the tenth of our income. Who taught you, Jacob? Oh, this came to me when I used to see my dad doing stuff. Isaac. Isaac was his father, right? I knew it at home. I saw it in my household. My dad, my mom told me, every penny of income, I'll give you 10%. And so many times people ask me, 10 of the gross or 10 of the net? I said, this between you and God, because God will never leave himself in debt to anyone. I make a promise. God wants your life complete. God wants you to fulfill your vows to him. God wants you to come back to him. He wants to restore us. He wants to make Jacob a man. Out of him, 12 tribes came and the nation of Israel today. And no one can wipe out the nation of Israel from the face of this earth. Because he promised, I will be with you. This is what God does. And we are a Christian. We are, by the way, a Christian nation. Put that down. We are a Christian nation. We were born to be a Christian nation. But we have gone astray from God. And thank God. For the Christian churches, going down to the churches, and the believers in Jesus' name in the churches, God has given us the privilege. And he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you until we meet in the air. What are you doing in Shechem, Jacob? I have saved you for a higher level of life. I have saved you to, for, to come and live with me in Bethel. What are you doing in Shechem? You know, for many times, when we are in a, in, a place, in a place, we want to bring God to our stand. And today, today the world outside the real church, they want to bring God to their standard. They want to tell you, oh, God does this and God does that. And who told you this Bible was written 2,000 years ago? And we can do anything and everything. Let me tell you one thing. If it is not written in the book, in the word of God, we shall not do it. And if it is written in the book of God, we shall obey it and do it. God wants to bring us back to, the, to his standard. And he told him, he, he said, look where you have fallen come back. Let's go back to the original term, to the standard that God wants us, not to the standard of the world. And whatever my last word has drawn you away from him. Remember Jacob. From the measure of your earliest dedication. From that heart that was on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ. Please, 
Open your heart again today. Rise and go back to him. And tell your neighbor and tell your friend and tell someone who is sitting by your side, let's go back to God. Do not linger. Do not hesitate. And cast yourself at his feet. For he is a loving God. Tell him all. And let your heart fully turn to him. And to him only. Let's bow our heads. God is calling us to true worship, to live a life worthy of our calling. God loved Jacob, and he wouldn't suffer him to stop short of the old standard. And he wouldn't let you stop short of the old standard of the original terms of being in Bethel in fellowship with him day and night. If God spoke to your heart as he spoke to mine, it behooves us to say, Lord, help me to live the life you want me to live. It's between you and God where you've been, where you are, and he, I'm sure he wants you to be walking with him. It's not in lifting your hand. It's not in giving. No, that yes, no, that's between you and God. I pray that your heart will be lifted up, up to him. And he will bless you. He never left Jacob. He will never leave us. He will continue guiding us until that moment we shall see him face to face. Father, we submit to you our hearts, our lives. Help us, Lord, to learn from the lives of the great, great men. Take lessons and follow through. Help us not to forget the original terms the vows we've made, the life we'd love to live. Help us to be honorable Christians, dedicated Christians, sacrificing Christians for the glory of his name. For in Jesus' name we ask and pray. Amen. The meeting is over. Sometime in the very near future, I want to share with you the response of Jacob. The response of Jacob, it's another beautiful thing I say, and I hope as soon. And what he did, and what he did in his household and family, maybe on Father's Day, pray for that. May the Lord bless you and be with you and enjoy the rest of the day. Don't forget, tomorrow we come back and have a prayer meeting at 7, 7.30 together. God bless you all.